Hello, hello, hello. This is Tamika Peters, president and CEO of Grow Your Nonprofit, where we help startups, small and stagnant nonprofits grow through fundraising strategies, strategic planning, and so much more. Guys, today you are in for a treat. My special guest, Dr. Nicole King-Smith with NK Enterprise Consulting. She will talk to you and us about self-care, specifically in the nonprofit sector. I always worry about people in the nonprofit sector, how we are so giving of others, and sometimes we forget about ourselves, but we're going to tap into that. So before we get started, I'd like to thank the sponsors of my podcast, Hodges University with a campus in Fort Myers. Stay near, go far. They change lives for the better. Trinity Life Foundation Naples, helping at-risk youths do their enrichment program. AVID, that stands for the Associations of Haitians Living Abroad. They open an amazing support center right here in the beautiful Fort Myers, where they help you with immigration support, utility billing, and English as a second language taught by yours truly. Last but not least, Vaxtrus. They received a grant from the CDC to raise awareness of COVID-19 and vaccine resources in the black and brown communities. So like I said, my special guest here, Dr. Nicole King-Smith. How are you doing? I'm doing so well. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to talk about one of these very important mm-hmm. topics that um, really a lot of people should take more time to really take time and discuss. Yes, yes. That very important topic. But before we get right into the crux of our conversation, I always like to find out who is the person behind this strategy planning. So please tell us a little bit about yourself and how and why you started your consulting practice. Absolutely. Um, Like you said, I am the founder of NK Enterprise Consulting and we started because um, basically in one of my previous roles, I did a lot of career workforce initiatives and I helped a lot of individuals try to connect into the workforce and I saw a lot of challenges. And then um, I was working with a lot of organizations and I saw a lot of their challenges Mm -hmm. on being able to connect with individuals. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, I can see where the disconnects are. Mm -hmm. So I decided to dedicate my time to really help build those intergenerational relationships and help organizational cultures define how to build those gaps Mm -hmm. and close those gaps. So I'm a certified cultural strategist Mm -hmm. and my doctoral degree is in the area of generational diversity and organizational effectiveness. Mm -hmm. And so I dedicate my time of going in and helping organizations. I've worked with Fortune 500 organizations, nonprofit, government, um, small businesses, and big corporate entities, and really just helping them understand how can they create a culture where people enjoy being there and want to be a part of it. And especially now with four going on five generations Mm -hmm. working together, it looks different for each and every Mm -hmm. one of them based on their generational culture. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, 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 that is true. That could be very uh, complicated because I know sometimes um, like, for example, my daughter, she's 23 years old (laughs) and she works with me part time and she expects to get paid a high wage, but she doesn't have the skill set to match the wage that she wants. And and it could be that I'm her mother. And when I try to tell her something and then it's the attitude and I know, I know, I know. 
but um yeah it's, it's a different mindset however i've sat down with um like some of the gen z's and they they they're actually very smart they're very savvy they want to know what's in it for them not just financially like can I build up on something and not necessarily climbing the career ladder. They want to feel like what they're doing is making an impact and they have, they're satisfied with what they're doing. And I think it's very important for employers to realize that because there are so many other ways to make money now online. You could be an influencer. Then we have artificial intelligence. There's intelligence. There's so many other options for people to not have to go into the workplace. So employers are going to have to be really, really creative with attracting and retaining um, top talent. Absolutely. And not only um, do you see a cultural shift with how things used to be, you work one job, you stay at that one job, 20, 30 years, you retire, you get a pension. Um, that has slowly uh, definitely changed the mindset of that approach. Mm-hmm. And not only has it changed in for-profit sector, but it's also changed in the sector that you uh, work with in the nonprofit mm-hmm. sector as well. And being able to now navigate how the workforce will look how volunteers will look mm-hmm. and how do you support them and what does the culture look like um, for that and you're starting to see especially in the nonprofit sector mm-hmm. a lot of c-suites ceos and boards are a lot more generationally mm-hmm. diverse mm-hmm. than they have in the past um, so that is definitely changing the initiatives and the approach that people use and the strategies that mm-hmm. they use to to go out and do what you said execute mm-hmm. on that level so so my question is why are we it seems like we're going backwards because before we started out um, there were no benefits for employees and employees worked seven days a week and they didn't have the golden parachute. Then we got into uh, pensions and then the Great Depression. Then they promoted the, the 401k to get back into the market and stimulate the economy again. And then we have some like governmental entities. They still, for the most part, have pensions. And then the Florida retirement system right here, specifically in Florida, in certain sectors, they're going to have it regardless. But the private sector are are starting to get rid of those incentives. Why? Is it is it greed or is it 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 seems like we're taking a step back? We're 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 going backwards. Yeah. um, So I would say. We have seen what we have noticed is a lot of cycles of change, mm-hmm. um, meaning like big things that have taken such a huge economic impact. Mm-hmm. So when we had the recession that happened, um, you know, a lot of private sector companies really had to find ways to be able to pivot. I know one of the corporate entities that I was affiliated with that time, it was the first time they've ever had to lay off anyone. Mm-hmm. And from a mental health standpoint, the VPs at that company were like sick to their stomach. Like they literally were like, it was hard for them to be forced to lay off people that were good quality employees. Mm -hmm. And so that played a major role because when you start looking at your budgets Mm -hmm. and your biggest budget items when you're running a business, whether it's a big corporation, a small business, your biggest budget items are going to be your labor and your marketing costs. Mm -hmm. So when you're trying to scale back in order to scale up, you start identifying 
where are we spending the most money? Where can we trim? Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, sometimes they immediately go to labor costs to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. Now, the flip side of that is now because of the effects, you now have multiple generations that have seen like, oh, well, my parents worked mm -hmm. 20, 30 years with the same company only to get laid off right before right. they were able to collect their retirement. Right. I don't want to be in the same position because mm -hmm. I saw how it affected my household. So now what you're starting to see amongst a generational shift is a lot of people recognizing this is what I don't want. Don't quite know what I do want yet, right. but I know exactly what I don't want or because my personal family or my personal relationships were affected from these things. I'm not going to allow myself to be positioned the same way. Mm -hmm. So they're figuring out different strategies to be able to do that. So it may feel and I'm I can't speak for everyone because it really is different variables for different organizations. Mm -hmm. But when you are forced to look at the budget, look at mm -hmm. the finances, you tend to look at where you're spending the most money first and start streamlining uh, to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. and, and I know that the, our topic today is self-care. And I want to provide an example uh, for me personally, because as a, a business owner, which I thought I was a business owner, but I realized quickly that I really just created a job for myself, right? So I created a job for myself because the reason why I know I created my, a job for myself because if I got hit by a bus tomorrow, my, my company's over. It does. It cannot continue um, without me because it, in, unless I had, say, a successor and I had other staff that could carry on without me and then I could go on a two-week vacation and the business doesn't stop. And if that's kind of like, you know, that you, you created yourself a job, right? Mm -hmm. So I say that to say when I first started, my business I had a few clients and I poured everything into them and I watched my clients grow and go and and I, I had an aha moment where um what's the saying you know how people really feel about you when they have other options <laughs> so <laughs> I, I I saw that you know after pouring so much into some of my clients and then I still was working out of my house. Okay. My clients were growing. They were raising more money. I'm like, how is it that I'm helping my clients grow, but I'm not growing? So it was a great lesson because it taught me to take a step back. Yes, it is my job to help my clients grow and become better than they are. But it's also my job for myself to grow and take a, a moment to for strategic planning for myself and my business and uh, think about how I'm going to grow and my sunset plan. So that's where I had that aha moment and the mm -hmm. shift where, okay, I have to take a leap of faith and rent an office space. So I was able to do that. And I tell you, and I didn't know how I was going to pay um, for my rent, but guess what? My mindset shift changed and my business grew. Just because I got out of my home-based office and did that, and then I took a leap of faith uh, last year and purchased an office condo, which the studio is here. Again, didn't have the money for the down payment, didn't know how it was going to work, but put in the offer and prayed, and God just made it happen. So 
I say that to say it's okay to be a little selfish. It's okay to think about your sunset because at the end of the day, it's just going to be you and God, right? So you have to really think about yourself. So self-care. Yes. For nonprofits, executive directors, we go out, we feed the homeless, we close uh, people, uh, we provide mental health care. Tell us how we could take a step back and be a little selfish because it's okay to be selfish and think about our future, our sunset plan and taking care of ourselves mentally and physically. Absolutely. So um, I hear you use the word selfish. And I think sometimes when we say that word, we feel guilty. Right. So I would like to challenge us to say you have to be self full self-fold because whenever we're servant leaders whenever we're in the nonprofit space Mm -hmm. or sometimes in the for-profit space as a servant leader you're giving of yourself and whenever you're giving so much of yourself you have you have to pour back into yourself Mm -hmm. because you Mm -hmm. can't give what you don't have right but i think uh recently what we realized is self-care is more than just pampering yourself. It really is taking a step back and looking at your relationship that you have with yourself. Mm -hmm. And then more importantly, relationship that you have in other areas with, you know, finances, technology, other people, your environment, um, all of those things play a role. Mm -hmm. And so one of my mentors told me a long time ago when I started my first business, um, to compliment what you just said, I was like, I don't have money to do like a, like, like I'm, I'm leading by faith and not fear. But at the same time, I'm like, okay, where am I going to get the funds to do all this? And she pulled me aside and she said, let me tell you something. Mm -hmm. She was like, the first bill you always pay, and this is not against anyone that tithes or anything, but she said the first bill you always pay is yourself. Mm-hmm. She said people will go pay money for their cell phones, yep. their mortgage, their rent. They get their compensation and they turn around and they go pay everybody else. Yep. And then they live their lives off of the money that they have left over. Yep. And it was such an aha moment for me because what she was trying to get me to understand is how to put yourself first Mm -hmm. and give everyone else your leftovers. Right. And when we say leftovers, it doesn't mean like really a leftover, like leftover dinner or anything, but it really means what can you do to keep your core strong Mm -hmm. to keep your mind by what does it need and in order for you to know that you have to have a relationship with yourself Mm -hmm. and you have to understand generationally it looks different for each person because Mm -hmm. of the phase and the stage that you are in your life if you're about to come up on retirement then what your self-care regimen looks like for you Mm -hmm. is going to be different because you're probably going to be focusing on making that transition however if you're someone at a phase where maybe you're a new parent then your self-care looks a lot different or maybe you're someone just transitioning out of college or maybe you're someone like your daughter that you shared earlier that is a young professional still trying to find their way so again i say all that because it's not a one-size-fit-all approach Mm -hmm. i think sometimes we approach things with a one-size-fit-all mentality but you first have to start with 
having a relationship with yourself. Okay, number one, have a relationship with yourself. How do you start having a relationship with yourself? Believe it or not, you have to go be by yourself. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and that is hard yeah. to do because I think the pandemic showed us that when you are forced to sit still mm -hmm. you are forced to deal with emotions emotional triggers frustrations but also positives like you're forced to really deal with yourself in a capacity and recognize what I like to say your own level of emotional intelligence, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but also emotional awareness mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. And so that's the first step is just being honest with yourself mm -hmm. and being able to sit with yourself. And then the next step is once you recognize um, certain things, you now have to kind of, I like to say, date yourself. You have mm -hmm. to try things. You have to figure out what you like and what you don't like mm -hmm. and really gravitate towards the things that you do like and try something new and really, really take a step back and say, okay, and then how can I commit to incorporating these things in my life mm -hmm. on a consistent basis. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. A lot of times we're very reactive where, oh, I'll go here this weekend because someone invited me. Yeah. But now you have to kind of flip the switch and be a little proactive right. to be able to do things that you constantly and consistently enjoy doing. And that goes the same with your family, your spouses, being intentional in those spaces mm -hmm. and building those relationships and recognizing what relate and then take a step back so the first is with yourself mm -hmm. the second is your relationships with the people around you mm -hmm. are they pouring into you are they taking from you yeah. and if they are taking from you is there a certain part of that that's being reciprocated mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and acknowledging that because then you may have to i like to say i don't never i don't like to cut ties but i do like to distance my relationships to be able to say who's serving me in this capacity um, because you never know everyone goes through waves yeah, yeah. and uh, different seasons with different people including yeah. our own self yeah interesting so so we have um, basically I guess self-actualization uh, being a little selfish or dating yourself and then the people around you if we had a number three, what would that number three be? The number three would be now, how do you self-manage all of that? How do you okay. re manage those relationships with yourself and with the people around you? Because now when you go into your workplace, your workspaces, when you go out into the communities, you're going to see a shift in yourself. It's mm -hmm. almost like if you're on a fitness goal and you start shifting what you eat and then the environments that you're in, you're yeah. going to start recognizing different things within your environment and being aware of that so now you have to learn how to manage all of that collectively mm -hmm, mm -hmm. okay so i'm gonna throw in number four i love it go ahead so for me number four is okay so we have um dating ourselves um distancing yourself if you have to around the people you hang out with if you will and then managing it. So number four would be a plan. You need a, a strategic plan for yourself. I know for me, every day, every actually every year, I look at it as if um, because we are we are a brand. Whether we like to think of ourselves or not, we are a brand. 
is how society looks at us and how we look at ourselves. But a strategic plan for yourself, for me, I have a vision board. I have it in my closet. I have in a, a safe space where I can write down all my goals, how much money I want to earn for the year, all the different streams of income, um, and the, the things that I want to accomplish for the year. And, I, and, I, and I, for me, it holds me accountable because every time I go into my closet to pick out my outfit for the day is there. And I take a, a moment in every morning, I take about two minutes and I read all of it. It's actually so big that I have the two big, large white boards. Okay. And um, I, I, and I look at it, and the, it, the things are not aligning exactly how they are, but they're different, and they're aligning in a different way, but even better than I had even imagined for myself. So it feels good to know that when you, you, you set goals and you affirm them, but of course you have to take action. You can't just Absolutely. talk. That they they come to fruition. Yes, they do. So you do have you have to have guys. You have to have a plan. Um, what's the saying? God helps those who help themselves. Absolutely. You have to do something every day that pushes you uh, strategically towards your goal, even if it's making one phone call a day or or networking or whatever that is for you. But setting a goal is very important, and that goal, as part of that, could be your sunset plan or your retirement plan or or um, something that's going to take care of you. Absolutely. And you're spot on um, being able to put a plan in place mm -hmm. and then align your task. Mm -hmm. So before you commit to something, you kind of have to go back to that vision board or that mm -hmm. 90 day goal and say, does this align with what I'm trying to do? Mm -hmm. And the good part is if it doesn't align, you can say, I would love to commit to that right now. However, yep. um, I probably won't be able to do anything until six months out. Mm -hmm. And that allows you that time and that mm -hmm. space yeah. to be able to do it because timing is so important in order to be able to execute anything. If you execute it at the wrong time, then you're not going to be able mm -hmm. to accomplish the results, the desired results that you're you're doing. And the last thing I would just say is just just commit to one thing at a time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll write down 20, 30 things or 5 or 10 or 15 things and the reality is if you can just commit to one thing at a time and stick to that one thing it will eventually build into more opportunities. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to piggyback on um, committing to one thing at a time. Rome wasn't built in a day, and it's a marathon, not a sprint. Absolutely. So, the, Dr. Nicole King-Smith, thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy day to share your knowledge with our audience about self-care. And not only just self-care, those steps on how to achieve self-care. If someone wanted to reach out to you for presentation or a one-on-one -on -one consultation, how would they reach you? Please share your telephone number and your website. Absolutely. So um, you can definitely call me directly. My phone number is area code 410-303-7120. Or you can book a free consultation through my website at www.drnicolekingsmith.com. Yes. All right. Thanks again. Guys, I hope you uh, got a takeaway from today and that you actually do something about it. Get your pen and pad and start writing down your goals 
and your visions, put them on the board so you see them every day and start executing. And actually, sometimes it's kind of scary how it all comes together and fruition. So this is Tamika Peters. I'm signing off. Stay tuned for more Grow Your Nonprofit podcast episodes.